0: One Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Growing up, we would often watch a lot of movies and TV shows and different things, and it was some of my favorite movies and TV shows were ones that involved the plot of the story was the main character was searching for buried treasure or some sort of treasure. And uh, there are all kinds of different ways that these people found out about the treasure, um, but there was always one thing in common about the treasure, and that was very simply this. There was usually only one entrance into the treasure room or into the, the, the main treasure. I remember uh, the Disney movie watching El Dorado. And um, it, it was a movie and there was only one entrance into the city of gold. And they had to find that entrance in order to be able to view the treasure. They found out about it all kinds of different ways, whether it would be through um, you know, somebody's ancestor passing it down from generation to generation. and uh, Or maybe it was even... Uh, somebody opened up a, a book, that was an old book, and there was in the back leaf was a treasure map, or there was clues somewhere on a dollar bill somewhere, you know? All kinds of different ways that they found out about these treasures. There was only one way in to the place where the treasure was stored. Now, quite notably, you would understand this, that place, that door, if you will, that entrance was always Hidden. It wasn't out in plain view for everybody to see. There was no sign over top of the door saying, Welcome, enter here for the greatest treasure in the world, because then everybody would be in on it. It was always hidden. It was always showed up somewhere um, that you would never expect. A lot of times it would be behind a waterfall or, you know, we'd have to scale a cliff in order to get there or be in a cave hidden by huge boulders or you'd have to slide down a hole 300 feet into the ground in order to find this entrance. It was never open and available for everyone to see. There was always a secret passageway. Now, I always enjoyed these movies and shows. I always enjoyed them and I always thought, man, wouldn't it be amazing to discover my own treasure. I did a lot of hiking in the woods and walking around, and I would often find holes in the ground. I just couldn't bring myself to stick my hand in the hole and see what was on the other side, because it probably wasn't buried treasure. It was probably some animal waiting for something to stick their hand down there. No doubt many of us have had similar thoughts, similar stories of discovering treasure. And it's definitely fun to think about. And discovering a treasure would be a ton of fun. But the reality is this, most of us will never find a treasure, Really, we? we? probably won't. Here's the reason why I believe that, because we don't look for it, right? In reality, how many of you are actively seeking buried treasure? Not very many, all right? As kids, sure. As kids, we would. We would go, we would look for things, we would, uh, we would move all the uh, books on our parents' bookshelves to see if one of them opened up a secret passageway Anybody else do that, or is that just me? Right? I would always try to do that, because that's, that was the place. right? And uh, I, was, I just would die if I had a house with a secret passageway. It would be so amazing. And so we, we think that way, and as kids, that would just be so wonderful. But somehow along the line, as adults, we just kind of forget about it. Well, the reality is, it's probably not going to happen. So we just kind of let it slide away, and we really aren't looking, actively seeking For that treasure. I hope it's obvious today that I'm not necessarily trying to encourage you to be a treasure hunter. Don't take that home today, all right? We're going to talk a little bit about something else, but don't take that home today. Don't go home, check your bookshelf, and see if there's a secret passageway. But here's what I am saying. There is something in this world far greater than all the treasures on earth. Far greater. In fact, we can all have access to it. Every single one of us. But the first thing that we need to do is we need to find the door. We need to find the entrance into this treasure. So I want to preach to you a message this morning that I've simply entitled, Discovering the Greatest Treasure. Discovering the Greatest Treasure. Colossians chapter 1, in verse 12, the Bible says this giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Verse 19, for it pleased the Father. That in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll dive into this passage. Father, thank you so much for this day, for the opportunity that you've given us to be here this morning. Father, I pray that as we look at this passage, that we would all know the treasure that you've left for us, all know what it means. To have it, and Father, I pray that if there's one here today that doesn't know that, that today they would find that out. Today they would discover the door and discover the greatest treasure. And Father, for the rest of us, I pray that we would understand what great treasure it is, and Father, that we would invest it in Your kingdom. And Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name, Amen. Every movie, every TV show that begins uh, that that talks about finding a treasure, it always begins by describing the treasure. It always begins by showing us exactly what treasure it is and how badly people want it. Well, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 19, if you'll notice again with me, I want you to see exactly what this treasure is. For it pleased the Father that in Him, in Jesus Christ, should all fullness dwell. I want you to think about a treasure that gives you all fullness completely full. Every part of your life, completely full. Uh, I mean, your joy is full. Your peace is full. Your love is full. You can never have any more of it. Every part, your wealth is full. Your satisfaction is full. Everything you could ever want or desire is full. This is the treasure. This is the treasure that we have before us today. In him all should all fullness dwell. I can't even think like that. I can't imagine not having any problems. I can't imagine having everything full. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 15, the Bible says, Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. This treasure is so great that it's unspeakable. Not that you shouldn't talk about it, but you can't describe it you can't find the words to describe it i tried in writing this message to find words to describe how wonderful this treasure is but the reality is this there are no words it is so great it is so wonderful it is so awesome that you cannot describe it the treasure is said to give you limitless power The treasure is said to have given you the limitless power. It is the largest, it is the most inclusive treasure ever. It is said to give you strength unimaginable. Things that you thought you could never get through, you're able to get through. This treasure can even heal you when you're sick. I want to give you the treasure this morning. The treasure is simply God. The treasure is God. Now please don't dismiss me yet. There have been many people that have rolled their eyes at hearing at how awesome this treasure is and what this treasure is. And just like every treasure hunter' story, there are people that roll their eyes at the treasure thinking, "That's not real. That's not the way I have experienced it. I've looked for it for years and have never been able to find it. Hear me, this is the treasure. It is awesome. The fact of the matter is this God can give us limitless power. I can do all things through Christ. And He gives us limitless strength, which strengtheneth me. We can do these things. Jesus, God, can heal you when you're sick. Jesus, God, is the largest and most inclusive. He is everywhere, all knowing, every all powerful. Excuse me. The treasure is god so you might be rolling your eyes thinking oh come on pastor yeomans this is ridiculous this you honestly mean that the god is the greatest treasure well i want to encourage you this morning that i have the map that leads to this treasure i know it's real i know it's power i know it's riches But understand this morning that every treasure and every treasure video and every treasure show always starts out with someone having the treasure or someone accumulating the treasure and putting it all together. There was someone that had it. And inevitably, that treasure is either lost or it's hidden somewhere. It's either lost or it's hidden somewhere. The same is true with God. God's treasure was hid I want you to see, number one, the treasure was hid. Several thousand years ago, there was a man and a woman who had this treasure in their possession. They had it. They, in fact, the Bible tells us that they walked with God. They spent time with God. They were walking with God in the cool of the day, the Bible says. And so we see that they were alone with this treasure. Life was so amazing they had everything they could ever ask for everything they could even think about was theirs for possession they had everything they could possibly think of for lack of a better word it was paradise the bible calls it the garden of eden it was beautiful it was spectacular and with as with all treasure there are always rules for the treasure but one day this man and this woman broke the rules of owning the treasure They were allowed to eat anything they wanted from the garden that they lived in, but they were not allowed to eat of one tree. That tree was called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This tree was said to give them the same power that God had, the same exact power to know good and evil, hence the name of the tree. And so the reality is this, they disobeyed and they took the fruit Of that tree and they ate of it and in that moment they disobeyed the rules of the treasure you say how simple how ridiculous but that's the way it is the treasure was given to them and they disobeyed the rules of possessing it the problem with this however is that they did gain the knowledge of good and evil they gained that knowledge and The problem is this, they lost all of the other benefits of having the treasure. It's as if you walked into the treasure room, grabbed one single gold coin and walked away and left the rest there. That's exactly what Adam and Eve did. They walked into the treasure room of God's storehouse and said, listen, I want the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I want to know good and evil. I want to be like God. And they took that one coin and walked away and threw, literally threw away, the rest of the treasure. They had every benefit of God. In essence, the treasure is now hid from all mankind. The Bible says, for by one sin, death passed upon all men. For that now all have sinned. Because of that one thing, Adam and Eve going against what God had already instructed because of that one thing, now none of us have access. The door has been hidden. And the fact of the matter is this, number two, we are unworthy. We are unworthy to even access the treasure. This now means that everybody that, uh, can no longer be in possession of God. We cannot have it. I want you to notice with me several pa- words in this passage that prove that. If you'll look with me in verse 12, the Bible says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us, here's the word, meet. M-E-E-T. That word simply means this, enabled. Enabled. So this God made us enabled, which means that we have been disabled. We have been unqualified. We don't measure up. We can't get there on our own. We are unworthy. It continues in verse 13. Who hath, here it is, delivered us. Who hath delivered us, mean, meaning this, rescued. He's rescued us, meaning this. We were in need of rescuing. We're unworthy. We, we can't do it on our own. We're drowning. We can't get there on our own. Verse 13 also says this, and hath translated us. Translated us means to transfer meaning we were in darkness. We, we can't find our way on our own. We don't have the light. We can't see what next step is in front of us. Verse 14, we see this, in whom we have redemption. Redemption meaning ransom. We were enslaved. We were captive. We were uh, uh, just, that's all we were. We were chained We couldn't move any further. There was a ransom on our head. Again, all of this goes to show that we are unworthy. We are not worthy to have this treasure. We don't deserve it. Let me say that again. We don't deserve it. We don't even have the ability to obtain it. You can try as hard as you like. You can work as hard as you want. You can help as many old ladies across the street as you want. You can uh, just be as nice as you possibly can. Listen, no matter what you do, you are unworthy. You can't make it on your own. You can't find the door on your own. You don't have the ability. Many have tried in the past, and they've all failed to find it on their own. Here's the reality. We need something that will make us worthy. We need something that will change us. And I want to take a look at number two, God's love made us worthy. You see, I want to look at every one of these words as the context of Colossians chapter 1 shows us. Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Because of the love of God, he made us meet Those who were disqualified, he qualified us. Those who were disabled, he enabled to what? Look, to be partakers of the inheritance. To now have access to the treasure. To now have an opportunity to be in possession of it. Verse 13, who hath delivered us. Again, we needed rescuing. He delivered us from the power of darkness. The power of darkness. There are many in this world, and maybe you sit here today, you understand that you are under the power of darkness. As much as you try, you just can't seem to escape it. You're working your hardest. You're trying to do the right things, but for whatever reason, you just can't get out of that dark pit. You see, You have have the opportunity now to be delivered from the power of darkness. And then verse 13 also, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. This is so wonderful. You see, when you transfer something, it's literally taken from one place and put into another. And often in transferring, there's a cost involved. In transferring all kinds of different things, you can think of transferring money. If I was to transfer money from here to the U.S., that's going to cost me some money. It's going to cost me an exchange rate on top of that, a transfer fee. Listen, there's a fee in the transfer. And Jesus Christ paid that fee. Jesus Christ paid the fee, but he translated us from this earthly kingdom to the kingdom of his dear son, verse 14, in whom we have redemption, redemption through his blood. See, the fact of the matter is the payment for every sin, the payment for every wrongdoing, the payment for you being unworthy is a blood sacrifice. Oh, we don't want to hear that. That's not a pretty picture, is it? The fact of the matter is, every single one of us will at some point pay for our sin. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, we have been ransomed. We were enslaved to sin. We were chained to our sin. But Jesus Christ paid the debt for us. He broke the chains. He set us free. We now have the opportunity to be redeemed. The question is this. How in the world did God do this? If we are unworthy, we cannot have access to God how did we become worthy? How did he make us meet? How did he qualify us? How did he deliver us? How did he translate us? How did he redeem us? Probably the most famous verse in all the Bible is John three sixteen. It says this, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life you can have everlasting life. If you're in the habit of writing things down, would you do me a favor and write this down? God's love revealed the door to all mankind. God's love revealed the door to all mankind. It's as if God's love was a spotlight on the access panel. God's love was a spotlight on the door and said, here it is, everybody. Here is the door to the greatest treasure of all time. He put a big old sign over top of it. Here it is. Here you need to get it. John 14 and verse 6. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus quoting that. Another place we see Jesus saying this. I am the door. Interesting. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 19. I want you to notice again. For it pleased the Father... That in him, in who? In Jesus Christ, should all fullness dwell. You see, there is only one way to have all fullness. There is only one way to experience and to discover the treasure, and it is through the door of Jesus Christ. Only in Jesus can we experience this fullness. Only through Jesus can we... what verse 12 says be partakers of the inheritance there's only one way you can try any other way you can try going up and around you can try going the other side you can try any other way you want hear me there is only one door and that door was hung on the cross you see the only way to get to heaven is through the cross Jesus Christ. And it was hung on the cross for all the world to see. You see, God, Adam and Eve had God. God had a relationship with them, walked with them, talked with them, spent time with them. In fact, God brought them into this world, created them to spend time with them, and they messed it up. They sinned, they disobeyed. And God, in his great power, still says, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have a relationship with mankind. And so in order to receive that back, in order to give that back, he hung the door for all the world to see. And the spotlight was on it. Every man is now worthy because the debt has been paid. Every man is now able because the debt has been paid, but we must receive the redemption through his blood. Verse 14, the Bible says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. At the end of the verse says, even the forgiveness of sins." Your sins need to be forgiven. And the only way your sins can be forgiven is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We must be willing to go through the one and only door. How do you do that? How do you... Come to the door and accept the free gift of the door. Well, we must be willing and believe that Jesus died for our sins. The only reason Jesus Christ, God's only son, God in the flesh, came to this earth was for one reason. To pay for your sin. To pay for the sin of the entire world. Sin, Bible says, was placed upon every sin, your sin, my sin, your grandparents' sin, Adam and Eve's sin. Every sin was placed upon him. He who knew no sin, the Bible says, that we can have a relationship with God. That we can have the greatest treasure on earth. Your sin was placed on him. It's already been paid for. So what do you have to do? Receive the gift receive the gift come to him ask him for the gift he's already paid for it after he pays for it the bible says that he's buried for three days and for three nights on that third day bible says that he rose again you know the greatest part of him rising again is he conquered it he conquered your sin he conquered death The Bible says that he still to this day sits on the right hand of God. He is there forevermore. He will be there because he is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is ever-present. He is the greatest treasure on earth. He paid the debt for you. If you will trust that Jesus did this to give you access to God, And you can have access to God. The Bible says that when Jesus died, the veil that was in the temple separating the holy place and the holy of holies. The holy of holies was where God dwelt for his people. That was the place where one time a year the high priest would enter and make atonement for the sins of all the people. But when Jesus Christ died, guess what happened? The door, that door that was whole, that was hiding everything, the door was rent in twain, and now we all have access to Jesus Christ. So what do you have to do? You simply have to believe that you have access. Jesus paid the debt. and You have the opportunity at discovering now the greatest treasure on earth. It is there for you in plain view. All you have to do is go through Jesus Christ. Go through the door. Just before we finish, in all of these movies and all of these treasure hunting films, I enjoy them, but I always hate the end. I hate it. Because they find the treasure. Not that... I'm jealous if they found the treasure. But here's the reality. I always hate the end because they never show what they did with the treasure. Drives me insane. Like you have billions upon billions of dollars now. And what are you doing with that? The big the end shows up. Man, what a bummer. There's only one movie that I've ever watched that shows just a little snippet. One guy buys a Ferrari and the other guy has an old house. I think, wow, that's special. I want to see what they did with it, man. I want to see them living in the lap of luxury. Very rarely do we find out what they've done with the treasure. But I believe that there are many that maybe listen to this this morning. You've already discovered the greatest treasure. You already know God. You already have a relationship. But can I ask you one simple question? What have you done with him? What have you done with that treasure? Did your story stop when you found the treasure? What have you done with him? What have you done with the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God? I want to take a look at a few more verses here in verse 16 of Colossians chapter 1. The Bible says this, For by him were all things created that are in heaven And that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Again, here's the reality of the matter everything was created by God, everything was created by God. You are here because of God. You live this life because of God. You may not believe that, but that's what the Bible says. But not only were you created by God, here's the greatest part of this, you were created for God. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 4 that all things were created for his pleasure. That is the only reason why we are here is for the pleasure of God To please him. But not only that, verse 17 says, and by him all things consist. Everything works because of him. You are breathing air because God allows that. Everything is important to God. But not only that, I want you to see verse 18. The Bible says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, Watch this now, that in all things, he might have the preeminence. I want you to think about if you were to actually discover treasure. What would you do with it? Honestly. I'm just being honest. I would roll around in it. I just would. I would throw it in the air. I remember watching a, a, a movie, or I think it was a television show at the time, and the uncle was super rich, And it was a cartoon, and he would jump in to his vault and swim through the gold. let, Let me put it this way. He was completely immersed in his treasure all the time. Guess what? It was the only thing he cared about in a selfish way. But here's the wonderful thing about God the greatest treasure in all the earth, if he will have the preeminence in your life, if he is the only thing that you care about, if you can't live without him, that's a good thing. That is a spectacular thing. That is not something that changes you from from good to bad. That is something that translates you from darkness to light from bad to good. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but he's quickened you. He's made you alive. This is a wonderful thing. Does he have the preeminence in your life? Is he all you can think about? Is he all that you, I mean, I would be counting it every single day, making sure it's all there. Do You count your blessings every day to see what the Lord hath done. We have this opportunity. Does God consume your life? We all have access to this treasure, whether or not you've accepted the treasure or not. We all have access. If you have accepted, what have you done with it? Our theme is invested. Let me ask you, have you invested it? Have you invested your treasure so that it be, can be used to further the kingdom of God. You say, Pastor Yomans, that's kind of weird that we would invest God into his own kingdom. I know it sounds weird, but that's the reality of it. Let me give you one last verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 5. The Bible says this, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. You see, We have this gospel, the Bible says, in earthen vessels in this same passage. And if our gospel, if our treasure be hid, it is not hid to us. It is hid to them that are lost. It is hid to everybody else who doesn't know where the door is. Very simply put, picture yourself finding a treasure. Most of us, if we're honest, you know what we would do? We would hoard the treasure. We would hoard it for ourselves. And maybe I would really have to think about this. But maybe if I love someone so much, I might share it with them. Maybe. But I would not come up to any stranger and say, hey, come here. I found a treasure. Come share it with me. But what we forget is the greatest treasure is limitless. So it doesn't matter how many people find it. It doesn't change the effects for you. So why not introduce People to it hey everybody I found a treasure I found the greatest treasure and let me show you where the door is and before long you become a tour guide hey come on in it's right here let me show you where it is we start putting things up and saying listen I want you to see Jesus Christ and through the door of Jesus Christ is God the greatest treasure in all the world limitless power everything that you ever wanted ever thought, so often we keep him to ourselves and we hoard it. As with all treasure, all treasure is not meant for one person. It's meant to be shared. The same is true with God. God is not meant to be hoarded. God is meant to be shared. In fact, Jesus says go into all the world and preach the gospel To every creature. Tell everybody you can. I encourage you, invest. Invest the greatest treasure so that others can discover it for themselves. You know what that's going to take? It's going to take some intentionality. Again, if we're all honest with each other, we all are comfortable with where we are. If you're saved, you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Totally comfortable knowing that. You rest in that. And man, what a wonderful thing. And don't get me wrong, I agree, it's wonderful. But it's hard to step out of our comfort zone sometimes and be intentional about speaking of God and living like God. When you're with your friends and family, do you speak about God? Do you live like God? Even better, does God live through you? See, again, if you're so immersed in God, you're, you're, you, that's all he, you can think about, that's going to ooze out of you. There probably doesn't a day go by, I don't talk about my wife or my family in some way. Because they're a part of who I am. They define me. But guess what? God is a part of who I am. God is a part of who I am. Listen, he ought to ooze out of me. He ought to come out in my language. He ought to come out in my speech. He ought to come out in my actions. People ought to see him through me. Let me just simply ask, are you invested? Have you taken the greatest treasure on earth and invested it in the kingdom of God? If you haven't, let me ask you, why not? Maybe you've never discovered the treasure. Maybe you don't know what this treasure is. Maybe you don't know who God is. Can I encourage you this morning? We would love to give you the map and show you exactly. I've Just spent a little bit of time. We'd love to talk to you about that today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. We're going to pray. Father, thank you so much for this day, for the opportunity that you've given us. Father, it is our privilege to stand here before you this morning, before these people, and just declare how good you are. What a wonderful privilege it is to even have the opportunity to have you in our lives. Father, I pray that if there's one here today, in this building or online, Father, that does not know you as personal Savior, that today would be the day that they know Jesus Christ. The day would be the day that they enter through the door and find you. Father, for those that already know, may we never squander what you've given us. May we never get comfortable. May we never relax. Father, would you please help us invest it into other people and spread it Father, would you help us? Would you go before us? Would your Holy Spirit light the way? Father, we leave these things to you and help us to do all that we can. We pray all these things in your name. I'm gonna ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Again, I don't know everybody here today. But maybe you would say, I have never trusted in Jesus Christ as the way to God. Maybe you say, I've tried to do it on my own. I've tried to work hard. I've tried to do the right things. I've tried to live my life in a moral, upright way. But I realized this morning that I need to trust Jesus. I realized this morning that he is the only way, and I realize that I need to go through him in order to be redeemed to God. Maybe that's you today. If it is, I challenge you, please, Give us the opportunity to walk you through that and help you through that door. Maybe again, you've, already, you've said, I have already discovered Christ. I already have a relationship with God, but I have not invested Him in Him very well. Maybe you would be even honest enough to say, I've been lazy. If you need to make a decision today, simply that I'm going to invest Him into the lives of the people around me. I don't know what decision you need to make today, but I want to give you some time to do so. If you need to know more about Christ, you can come see me, talk to me. If you have need to come to this altar, you can do that. Whatever you decide to do, I challenge you this, to write something down. Write your decision down so that you can remember it. Not just for a week, not just for a year, but for years and years to come. Let's go ahead and give you that time right now.